Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew preaches from Grace Valley Christian Center 41st Anniversary Celebration with this message entitled, Preach the Word, preached on May 16, 2015. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. This church stands for preaching the Word. Without preaching, this church would not have existed. So I want to speak to you from 2 Timothy chapter 3, 14 through chapter 4, verse 5. St. Paul's final address can be summarized, preach the word. This text is St. Paul's final address to his true son in the faith, Timothy who is to follow in his footsteps, preaching the gospel, especially after Paul's imminent martyrdom in Rome. Timothy was a student of the Holy Scriptures his entire life. From infancy, his grandmother and his mother taught him the word of God. St. Paul also was his teacher. And so we read in 2 Timothy 1, 13 and 14, What you heard from me, keep us the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. This was also true of me, your humble pastor. I was brought up in the Holy Scriptures from infancy. What a blessing that is. Timothy is to be governed by the Holy Scriptures and the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 1.14, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Soon would come apostasy. Demas, Paul's associate already, abandoned the gospel, having loved this present evil world. More people would fall away from the faith in due time. So he told us, 1 Timothy 4, the Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, we read, Mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, having nothing to do with them. Timothy is to remain faithful to Jesus who died for him and in his place. 
to give him eternal life. He must study the scriptures that he may preach the word correctly interpreting the word of truth. The Bible friends alone speaks truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. If man's word contradict God's word then man's word is a lie. Because it is the devil's word who is a liar and a father of all lies. The Bible alone speaks truth about the true and living triune God, creation, the fall, total depravity of man, God's love for sinners, his plan to save the elect by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That Christ died for our sins, katagraphas, according to the scripture. That he was buried and on the third day he was raised from the dead, katagraphas, and he was seen of many. That he has received all authority in heaven and on earth. That he is the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords, this Jesus, the God man, is coming again from heaven to complete our salvation and to judge the world. This King Jesus, in his mercy and grace, saves all who will repent of their sins and believe in him. The Bible teaches all these and more. Timothy is to preach this truth by the power of the Holy Spirit till death. This is what we do in Grace Valley Christian Center. This church refuses to compromise. This is an orthodox church that faithfully preaches the apostolic doctrine in this region by the Holy Spirit's anointing. This gospel we preach is the gospel of exclusivism. Jesus alone saves his people from their sins. He does not save everybody, only those who trust and obey Jesus. There is no other savior but Jesus. The God man, the sinless man who died our death on the cross. So God commands all people everywhere to repent and be saved. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He alone is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Wicked, I say, is the idea that there are many ways to God. That Christianity is only one way. The truth is that Jesus is the only way. Believe what you please. We preach here that Jesus alone saves sinners, only sinners, only the worst sinners like Saul of Tarsus. Let me ask you, have you repented of your sins and trusted in the only Savior, Jesus Christ our Lord? So in this last address of St. Paul to Timothy, what is he saying? He is saying the most important truths. He speaks especially in ten divine 
imperatives in chapter 3 verse 14, chapter 4 verse 2, and chapter 4 verse 5. So the first imperative is found in 2 Timothy 3.14. And here we read, when others become apostate, Timothy must live a life of faith in the gospel. So he says, but you, Timothy, abide, dwell in the scripture. Abide in what you have learned. Abide continually. Be regulated by the scripture always. Abide in what you have learned and have become convinced of. That is, continue to trust in the Holy Scripture and trust in Jesus Christ, whom the Scripture points to. Don't drop out as Demas and others have done. Don't abandon the gospel. Be regulated by Scripture and Spirit, the Spirit of power, love, and sound mind. And you do this knowing your teachers and knowing the textbook from which they taught you the knowledge of God. Your teachers were reliable and godly people. Your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and especially Apostle Paul himself. They are godly and faithful People who taught you the holy scriptures which has given Timothy everything he needs for life and godliness. The scriptures has power to make one wise unto eternal salvation. A fool has said in his heart there is no God of the holy Bible. Yet the gospel alone makes such Fools wise. The gospel alone is the power of God unto salvation from God's wrath and eternal hell. The gospel makes you wise unto salvation through saving faith, not in the priest or the pastor, but in the Messiah that Old Testament pointed to through the prophets. Your faith must be in Christ Jesus. And so we read, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. The Philippian jailer, convicted of his sin, cried out in the night, What must I do to be saved? The answer came from St. Paul, Believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved and your household. Jesus Christ came from heaven to seek and save that which was lost. He sought and found the great sinner Zacchaeus. He came from heaven not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many to set them free from all bondage. So we read in 2 Corinthians 5, God made Jesus Christ, 
who had no sin to be sin for us that in him we might become the righteousness of God friends Jesus took all our sins and he received our punishment Christ died the death on the cross in our place he was the lamb of god who once for all took away all our sins not only so wonder of wonders double transaction he gave us his divine unimpeachable righteousness forever having been justified by faith we have peace with god now and forevermore so now paul tells timothy the characteristics of scripture that is the word of god the truth the gospel all scripture is what sir theopneustos god breathed out god spoken god authored god is the source of it we read in genesis 1 eight times this phrase why omar elohim and god said and god said and the whole creation sprang into existence and god spoke god breathed out by the spirit the creation came into existence also the scripture is the product of the divine breath the primary author of the scripture is the holy spirit and the secondary authors are human beings chosen and gifted by god to write holy scriptures as they were under spirit's complete control this was true of the old testament and of course the new testament and we read in second peter chapter 1 above all you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man but men spoke from god as they were carried along by the holy spirit total control of the spirit and you say what about new testament second peter 3 bear in mind that our lord's patience means salvation just as our dear brother paul also wrote to you with the wisdom god gave him he writes the same way in all his letters speaking in them of these matters his letters contain some things that are hard to understand which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do other scriptures to their own destruction that tells me that new testament also is god breathed god's own word therefore all of scripture every word of it is inerrant infallible authoritative clear necessary and sufficient for doctrine and life not psychology marxism money sociology women's studies psychotherapy science or false religions of the world all scripture said is profitable 
They are of inestimable and eternal value. Jesus said, what does it profit if a man gains the whole world and lose his soul? You can gain the whole world and go to hell. Paul is not talking about the profitableness of the health, wealth, and power, and fame gospel. Paul himself was in prison, expecting to suffer martyrdom soon. Scripture, friends, is profitable for eternal salvation. Profitable for five purposes. First, teaching, sir. Teaching. Teaching what? The knowledge of God in Jesus Christ. So we read in 1 Timothy 4, 6. If you point these things out to the brothers, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus, brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. 1 Timothy 4.13, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and teaching. So it's profitable for teaching. The knowledge of God. Number two, profitable for reproof. That's a negative use of scripture. Reproof means exposing and opposing errors in doctrine and in life. Number three, it is profitable for correction, restoration. Scripture, friends, straightens out, that's the Greek term, in doctrine and behavior. As an orthodontist straightens your teeth out, that it looks straight and beautiful. As Jesus restored St. Peter, who denied him three times, he restored him as we read in John 21. It is the responsibility of all of us to restore the erring one. As we read in James 5 verse 20. Remember this. Whoever turns a sinner. From the error of his way. Will save him from death. And cover over. A multitude of sins. It's your responsibility. To go after people. Who are wandering. In sin. Number three. For training in righteousness. For training that we may do what is right in the sight of God. So we read recently Deuteronomy 6 and verse 18. Do what is right in the sight of God. If anybody teaches you something else you don't do it. But do what is right in the sight of God. That's my business. That's the business of a preacher to preach and teach the Bible. And this Bible instruction involves instruction and discipline understood as punishment. 119 Psalm verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But after affliction... I obey your word. And God knows how to afflict us, to bring us back, to do what is right all of life. And fifthly, and finally, 
the purposes of Scripture that pastors and all believers be fully equipped, qualified to do every good work that is to do the will of God. And the will of God is given to us in Ephesians 2 and verse 10. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance that we should do. To obey God's will immediately, exactly, and with joy, because He has saved us from our sins. And Second Corinthians 9 8 memorized, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in all good work. So this speaks of the sufficiency of scripture. The scripture lacks nothing. It has everything that we really need to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We don't need scripture and tradition. Scripture and worldly wisdom of those who do not know God. Scripture alone is sufficient for life and godliness. As it is preached and taught by God called and sent pastors. We do not add anything to the scripture or subtract from the scripture. So we read Revelation 22. I want everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the place described in this book. And if anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life in the holy city, which are described in this book. And so now Paul gives Timothy his solemn final binding charge. As we read in 1 Timothy 5.21 and 2 Timothy 4.1. In 5.21, I charge you in the sight of God and Christ Jesus and elect angels to keep these instructions without partiality and to do nothing out of favoritism. And now in chapter 4 of 2 Timothy, verse 1, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Pastor, elders, I give you this charge. In the presence of God. In the presence of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. Who will judge Paul and Timothy. Timothy must give Christ the judge an account of his ministry. Ministry! You must give an account, Timothy. Keep that in mind. He's coming again. And he will judge the living and the dead. That Christ is coming again soon to establish his kingdom. For he is the king of kings and lord of lords. He is coming soon, sir. 
Timothy must be faithful to this ministry. He must please God and Christ. Now in chapter 4 verse 2, five more imperatives. Preach the word. Keruxon ton logon. Preach the word. The word is keruso, means herald the gospel. Declare publicly the authoritative word from the king's court in heaven. Hear ye, hear ye the good news from King Jesus. That's the heralding with all authority and conviction. Not apologizing for the word of God. Declare it. Jesus Christ, the great God and Savior, saves sinners who repent and believe in him. He saves them from God's wrath and hell. For he, the sinless one, died for our sins and in our place. He went to hell to take us from hell and bring us to heaven. This Jesus died for our sins as the scripture predicted. He was buried. He was raised from the dead. On the third day as the scripture spoke, he was seen by the apostles. From heaven he rules the whole creation. He's coming again to judge the living and the dead. And thank God he will save all who cry out right now. Have mercy upon me, a sinner. Timothy is to preach this word till death. Friends, there is no retirement for true ministers of the gospel. And I'm not planning to retire. Preaching the word is the most important work. High, holy, and heavenly calling to be a herald of Jesus Christ. Secondly, always be ready. Preach always when it is convenient and not convenient. Redeem every opportunity to preach, to evangelize, to share our faith, the good news. There is no other hope in this world than the gospel. Number three, reprove those who err in doctrine and life. Reason with them appealing to their mind with scripture and with all authority. So I don't beg. I don't plead. God commands all people everywhere to repent. And we are to teach that you obey all things Christ has commanded us. Authority, sir. Number four, rebuke them sharply. This is for the purpose of restoring people. Rebuke them sharply. Reprimand them. Appealing to their conscience to restore them to the right way. Number five, exhort. 
that is appealed to their will by the scripture. You see, the absolute importance of scripture in all aspects of ministry, not psychology, not anything else, exhort, appeal to their will by the scripture, urging and encouraging them to walk in the narrow way of Christ's lordship leading to eternal life. And he says, do this in view of the coming apostasy. Jesus spoke of this future great falling away. Matthew 24, at that time many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. When you preach the gospel, vast majority of people will hate it. Those elect of God, Jesus himself said, are few. Second soil and third soil people of the parable of the sower will not tolerate the preaching of the health-giving gospel. They will not endure it. You read it. They have itching ears. So they fire the true minister and heap up for themselves servants of the devil who will tickle their ears by preaching what they are eager to hear. I preach the Bible. We've been here 41 years and may God help us to continue for hundreds and hundreds of years but preaching the gospel, not tickling anybody's ears. They want to hear like the old Athenians, something new, something modern, some fresh dung, something that would entertain them for a while. For example, most TV preachers, they preach what people want to hear in order to make a lot of money. These false ministers go to hell, taking their people with them to hell. Concerning them, St. Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.7, these people are always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. They say, stop preaching the truth. Give us lies. Ahab and Jezebel had 400 hired prophets of Baal who lied to them regularly. Ahab said, I want to go to fight against Ramoth, Gilead, my prophets. What do you say about my program? A good program, an excellent program. We see you coming back in victory. Thank you, prophets. Well, what about you, Micaiah, the prophet of the Lord, you say? What do you say? I see you going and getting killed. Okay, I will deal with you when I come back in triumph. They killed Ahab as the true prophet Micaiah predicted. Friends, let me read to you what the prophets of old said. Isaiah 30. These are rebellious people, deceitful men, children unwilling to listen to the Lord's instruction. They say to the seers, see no more visions. And to the prophets, give us no more visions of what is right. Tell us pleasant things. Prophesy illusions. Leave this way. 
get off this path and stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. And Jeremiah said the same thing. Jeremiah 5, the prophets prophesy lies. The priests rule by their own authority. And my people love it this way. My people love it. But what will you do in the end? What will you do, sir, in the end? Let me read from St. Paul, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. And so that all will be abandoned, condemned, who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. These people go from church to church to hear Pastors who tickle their ears, they also find them, plenty of them on TV. They all tickle them to eternal death. They turn away from hearing the life-giving gospel and turn aside to hear myths, lies of the devil, who is the father of all lies in the whole world. Now, in verse chapter 4 verse 5 four more commands Timothy and all true ministers and saints of Christ holy church listen first be sober don't be drunk with wine but be filled with the Holy Spirit be sober have sound mind filled with the word and the spirit that you can judge correctly everything that is going on the spiritual man judges all things we have the mind of Christ be sober that's what happens to a man who is filled with the scripture and filled with the Holy Spirit he is sober in other words, be vigilant in all situations. Fix your minds on Jesus. Set your minds on things above as you live in this world. Let the word be the lamp unto your feet. Number two, sir. Health, wealth, and all that. It says suffer hardship. One word. Suffer hardship for the gospel. I suffer hardship for the gospel. Every true minister suffers hardship because he stands for the gospel. But thank God, Jesus Christ said, I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the ages. Health, wealth, power, and fame, gospel is not biblical. Check with Stephen, the first martyr, or Paul, or Peter. Or our modern martyrs in the Middle East. I heard a Pope saying, Be filled with the Spirit and suffer martyrdom. He told truth, Be filled with the Spirit and die. 
And number three, Jesus said, if anyone would follow me, let him deny himself, take up the cross and follow me. And we teach this in Luke 14. If you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple, hate your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brother, your sisters, and your own life, and follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Number three, do the work of an evangelist. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Share the gospel always with all kinds of people. Number four, fulfill your ministry. And he didn't say, but I'm saying, and come to heaven. And join with me in heaven. Fulfill your ministry as I have done. Friends, let me read to you. Second Timothy 4, 6 through 8. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time has come for my departure. His martyrdom, his beheading. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord righteous judge will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Friends, as the mantle had fallen from Elijah to Elisha, It has fallen from Paul to Timothy. But thank God, Paul finished his work. Timothy, you finish your work. Pastor Matthew, you finish your work. Everybody else, you finish your work and come home to heaven. Now it has fallen from Paul to Timothy. The double portion of the spirit will be given to all his true ministers to preach the gospel for the salvation of the elect and for the glory of God. Friends, so let us be faithful till death, sharing the gospel. And Jesus will give you, each one, a crown of life. Let God be true and every man a lie. Heavenly Father, we heard the gospel. Help us to believe the gospel, declare the gospel. Help us to be comforted by the gospel. Pour out your spirit upon this church and all churches that preach the gospel. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.